I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is episode 135, and I'm very excited about the topic because we're going to be talking about weaving. Not just any kind of weaving. We're going to be talking about saori weaving, which is a Japanese method of weaving where pretty much anything goes. I think you're going to like this one. On this episode, I'm going to have a conversation with Chiaki O'Brien. She is a weaver who is going to be in Michigan this week at the Michigan Fiber Festival. And that's always held at the Allegan County Fairgrounds. It's just a fun time. You can go down there and buy lots of fiber, lots of yarn, see all kinds of people who love this stuff too. So it's a great place to go to be with kindred spirits. I'm going to be having foot surgery on Tuesday, so I don't know that I'm going to get to Fiberfest this year. We're going to have to see how it looks. It's not looking real good because uh, I'm supposed to be keeping my foot up, and when I see yarn and fiber and looms and spinning wheels, I kind of lose my mind a little bit. I might try to walk. Even if I can't make it to Fiberfest this year, I felt like I kind of got to experience a little bit of it already because when I interviewed Chiaki, she filled me in on what is going to go on in her workshops and just did a great job of inspiring me because I actually started weaving right after I interviewed her. Thank you, Chiaki, for getting me back on my loom. I moved my little loom back upstairs. It's right in front of the dining room window and it's fantastic. I'm telling you folks, I think this episode could possibly send you running for a weaving loom. Uh, that's exactly what happened to me. So continue listening at your own risk. <laughs> Chiaki O'Brien, actually originally from Japan, she moved to Minnesota a little over 10 years ago. Now she's based there with her home studio. It's called Studio Fun. She's a certified Saori weaving instructor, travels around to fiber festivals and also teaches in her home studio these techniques. And it's not really a technique as much as it is a method. And she explains what it all entails. And what I love about it is it's really more about the process. It's really kind of a feel-good kind of weaving. I have been weaving quite a while myself, and I know when I first got into it and started branching out into more complex weave structures... I had some really like hair pulling moments at my loom and that kind of stole the joy a little bit away from why I got into weaving. That was like stress relief, expression, just the Zen of it all. A lot of the weaving I do now, I've kind of reverted back to some of the very basic weave structures and love it. I had a great time trying to do this method in my house without the benefit of taking her class or reading any books on the topic. I just kind of went for it super fun. You can see some photos of my experiments on Instagram. I'll also post them on the website as well over at craftsanity.com. But I'm getting off track here. The main attraction, the reason why you're tuning into this podcast today is to hear from Chiaki O'Brien herself. So grab a project and let's get to the good part. I have some friends from the West Michigan Weavers Guild who've actually taken your class at ah. Michigan Fiber Fest. And mm-hmm. so I know you're going to be teaching a weaving technique that is a Japanese weaving technique. And what is that called? It is called Saori. It's not like a technique. Uh, it's more like very therapeutic uh, heating process. We focus on process okay. rather than like technique. Um, 
So I think that's the very big differences between um, traditional weaving, even in you know Japanese weaving or traditional weaving here, and this saori uh, weaving. It's a contemporary Japanese weaving. It's it's just a founder is a Japanese lady. When was this founded? Because wasn't it pretty recent that this kind of weaving started in Japan? Um, How long yes. has it been? Well, actually, my friend who is also certified instructor, a Japanese lady, she moved to Massachusetts. And it opened the first Saori studio, uh, I think it was like 2001. Okay. So she's the first one. We got certified at the same time together. So we knew each other before in Japan. And then I moved here in 2004. But this Saori weaving was found about 45 years ago in Japan. Okay. So since my friend moved to Massachusetts, now it started spreading all over. And I, I trained somebody in New York. She has also a studio in Manhattan. Uh, she opened up a studio in her area after 9-11. She thought it's very important kind of therapeutic art for kids that who, you know, who experienced 9-11. So that time I was working at a head office in Japan, in Saudi office in Japan. I see. Okay, so you really got into this. <laughs> yes, I've been doing this since 1996. Okay, so yeah. so so that, let's let's back up a little bit, and I'd like to hear about your life in Japan and what led you to become a weaver. Well, it's very interesting story that I don't have any art background, and nobody in my family, uh, you know, aren't artists, so called. Well, everybody now I think everybody's an artist, but we just didn't have any, you know, like education. Background. Right. Right. So I got married in 1995, and I started teaching English to kids. That's in Japan. Okay. And I took train to commute, and there's a window said Saori, and Saori didn't mean anything. It's actually Saori means if you don't know this weaving style, Saori is a Japanese girl's name. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> so really, I thought so. Yeah. So because I didn't know this weaving style, I said, "What's Saori?" And then they need students. So I got so curious. So one Saturday afternoon, I went to check it out <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to do something that time. Right. You wanted to pick up a hobby or something. Yes, because I only worked in, like in the afternoon, so okay. I was only like morning open. So I wanted to do something. So I went to check it out, and it was a weaving studio. When I was a student, I didn't like home ec, especially the sewing. <laughs> so all, all those projects were done by my mother or my friends. So as soon as I entered, you know, found out, oh, that's a weaving studio, means for me, it was home ec. So I was about, you know, oh, it's not for me. Oh, so you're going <laughs> to, they almost lost you right at the beginning. Yes. Oh, no. And... <laughs> <laughs> and then even still now, Saturday is usually uh, people with mental disabilities and their mothers are there usually. So it was four. And then the teacher said, oh, I'm sorry, we usually have extra room open for you to try. But today it's all four, so there's no room for you to try and weaving. I said, no, that's fine, because it's a homework. I was not even, you know. You're like, that's fine. I can I just go home and try. Right. <laughs> But he said, well, we have a um, gallery next door, you know, the Saori, Saori gallery. So you can check it out. So I said, okay, thank you. And then I went to the gallery and it was a group exhibition. 
And this lady who is now my friend who has a um, daughter with mental disabilities. And she, she's teaching in her local area, mm-hmm. this weaving style. So she was doing this exhibit. And all those dresses or whatever you know, on the wall are all too bright for me. So I said, wow, I cannot wear those. It's too bright. But she said, well, is this your first time? And you, you have to try them on. So she made me try some of the you know, artwork. And then as soon as I saw myself in a mirror, I thought, wow, they are not so bright. Hmm. <laughs> and then she said, well, you cannot find these anywhere in the world. This is one of a kind. And I thought, well, but, you know, can somebody put it together for me? She said, no, you do everything. <laughs> so I said, well, then I can't. I hate sewing, you know, I I told her all the stories, you know, all the projects were done by my mother or <laughs> friends. So she said, well, I was like that too. <laughs> as soon, you know, as long as you can sew straight, you don't need to worry about like the regular dressmaking. Right. You want to show your fabric like handwoven piece. If you cut it into small pieces, nobody can tell it's handwoven. So you design like um, folding paper, like origami paper. Sometimes maybe it's hard to put it on, but you can see that it's handwoven. That's what you want to show people. So, but I still kind of say, well, I still can't, you know, I don't have sewing machine and, you know, I, I don't like sewing, but I just left. And, but just that this one of a kind, this stuck in my head. Right. So I thought, you know, well, maybe I can just try buy 12 tickets for three months. So I just, you know, in three days, I went back to the place, school, and I signed up to try like for three months. And I got hooked right away. So what was the first thing they had you do in that class? So the warp is already set up. So I just have to weave a little bit. So they let you do the fun part first. <laughs> yes, that's what I do for teaching too here for the people who come. And then, oh, and then, but that's only first time. If you go like another, you know, 12 times or, you know, 11 times, you have to make your own work. So, like, I think the second or third time I learned how to make work, which was not so hard for me. I had to remember, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, love that you just enjoy the moment of weaving and then colors and texture. So, like I said, no technique. You can even just keep switching colors or some some rovings in, you can do whatever you want. Nobody say what to do because it's a self-expression. I'm enjoying myself. I'm showing myself. So there are teachers, but they are just there to help me if I need them. So they're kind of guiding along as, as yes, opposed Yeah, it's to... like a facilitator. Just, right. you know, that's what I do now. Um, so because when I'm having fun, nobody wants to bother you. Right, right. So... The founder, uh, her name is Misa Ojo. She's 101 years old. Oh, wow. She found this by mistake, from her mistake, about 45 years ago. She was a Japanese traditional kimono sash weaver. That's very specialized. Yes. very intricate weaving. Yes. She finally got rid of three sons, so they're gone. So finally, she thought, well, I can finally do what I wanted to do. That was the weaving. So she started weaving uh, the sash, the traditional way. And then one day she skipped only one warp 
and finished it, and she didn't notice it until the store manager said, you skipped one whoop. This is a mistake. We cannot sell it. Take it home. She thought, well, this skip makes it this piece more beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so she took it positive way. She went home. She skipped a lot of work and then wove. And she really enjoyed the moment of weaving rather than finished, worried about finished product. That's how Saori weaving was found. I remember I did see some of my friends came back from your workshop and they brought their samples to the Weavers Guild meeting to show and tell. Mm. And I was really inspired. I just haven't had a moment to sit down and, and try this myself. But is the warp mixed textures of different kinds of yarn and different kinds of fibers? Yeah, you, you can mix with like very thick yarn and thin yarn. And I didn't, so I took a one year course in Japan. There's a one year course, you know, just kind of intensive. You go every day for a year. I knew I, we are moving to Minnesota, to the States, in a few years. Did you have to quit your day job, your teaching job? to? Um... I reduced it, yes. So I, thought, you know, I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what. And then my teacher said, if you're moving to the States and nobody's doing this, if you really want to do this, you probably want to think about being certified and then move. So I switched to one-year course. We didn't learn anything about, for now, I belong to Weaver's Guild here, and they say, like, this is a carpet warp thread or whatever. But we mix everything. Yeah, a lot of weavers will use a really yeah. thick carpet thread that's really thick and durable. But you'll use anything. It doesn't matter. Anything. Anything okay. it's, uh, you know, strong enough to be warp. Yes. So that's what interesting part is. You can be, you know, some texture yarn in it. So some people who know traditional weaving say, can you use this as a warp? They say, yeah, if it's, as long as it's strong enough. So making warp is also different, and also, also the threading part. Like she skipped one warp, so we skip many dents on a reed, or we can put like five or six thread in a one, you know, same dent. When you weave, it shows. That's a design, so you are designing a fabric. So you can do anything you want. Nobody say <laughs> you made a mistake or you're not doing right. There's no right or wrong. As long as the weaver is happy, everybody's happy. Wow, I like this method of weaving. <laughs> yeah. So I don't need to say anything, even though, you know, whenever I teach, usually like three hours or two hours, three hours, I talk about what Saori is and then how to start. And then after that, I'm just quiet. Or well, I usually in a studio, I weave with them. So that means we can get inspired each other. And I did see that there are looms that are specifically designed to do this sort of weaving. Do you recommend those to your students or do you need that? or what, No, what? actually more important to have this method. This, okay, you know, just the method. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have a student who cannot buy, you know, it's, you know, it's expensive because you have to, you know, buy from Japan. So you're also, you know, paying for shipping. Oh, yes. You can't. No one makes them in the United States. Then. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, many people now have on those Saori looms, but it's not important to have Saori looms to do Saori weaving. So okay. one of my students said, I cannot buy that loom, but I have a rigid header. And so she wants, she wanted to be a part of like art studio tour. So she asked me, I want to be a part of this tour and I, I'm she said, I know I cannot call myself a Saori weaver because I have a rigid hero, not Saori doom. So I said, well, you can say you are using Saori method on rigid hero. So 
so it's yeah more important to have this method rather than having the loom. The loom that's designed for this sort of weaving. What is the difference between that loom and other types of looms? Other types of looms have many pedals, many harnesses. Right. But you kind of have to know which pattern you want to weave, you want to create. Right. And then you connect right pedals, right pedal. But Saori weaving has only two pedals, two harnesses. So when I joined the Weavers Guild, I, I actually did the presentation here. Some of them said, oh, so you are just a plain weaver. But this plain weave can do so much with colors and texture, and you can just enjoy, maybe you can create your own technique. Mistake can be a pattern. Plain weave is my favorite weave. Yeah, and I noticed that many traditional weavers here, because it's hard for me to find interesting weaving yarn here. Because they usually they finish with maybe one color with very intricate technique. So they don't focus about colors and texture so much. They right. focus on technique. So sometimes I have students who want to learn, but some people want to learn techniques rather than like just relax. <laughs> I think that's the big difference between uh, your workshop and some of the other weaving workshops out there is that you're really trying to get the weaver to kind of let go of all those yes. rules and like that rigid format uh, and just mm-hmm. kind of create Yes. What comes through? It's almost like, is it kind of like painting with fiber in yeah. a way? Yeah. Would you say? Yep. You have all the canvas with all the colors and um, you just put whatever you want and do whatever you want. So it, to express yourself, you don't have to have thread or just yarn. Sometimes you can maybe use papers, sticks, crayons, chapsticks, whatever to express. So you have to... We usually say you are weaving yourself, not just the fabric. You have to show people that I'm different from you. Today, two girls and two adults came, and the two girls are, you know, good friends. And so I told them at the beginning, because it was their first time Saudi weaving, I said, because you know each other, so even though among 10 pieces and one of your pieces in the 10 pieces, maybe you can find her piece because you know her very well and she expressed herself mm-hmm. through weaving without name tag you might be able to find her piece so how did their pieces look at the end well you know it's showing her maybe she knows her best friend's colors or tendency so without name tag she can find her piece i see i see yes Interesting story that I have is like I think my third or fourth year I submitted a show at the Minnesota State Fair, and I didn't know that there was a judge give me comment and a score. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it back, and I got ninety six points out of hundred, and then she took four points from a craftsmanship category. And there was a comment said, well, I love your colors and design and da-da-da-da, but she said, but your salvage is not perfect. <laughs> so work on that. <laughs> so I just laughed <laughs> because she doesn't know what salvage is. Right, right, right. You weren't trying to create a perfect salvage. You were yeah. trying to create a, mm-hmm. a Because piece. it's me. My, my right, right is loose and left. That's Well, me. if you think about it, too, as people, if we're going to, you know, just you know, weave kind of in our human form, we don't have a perfect salvage because we're not rectangles, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, yeah, some people who took traditional weaving classes said, 
well, I don't need to worry about savages <laughs> or I don't need to count. One of the things I remember back to my sampler that I did, the very first weaving project that I made, the salvage was completely imperfect because I used bulky yarn and then I would switch to something really thin and then switch mm-hmm. to something really bulky again. And so as the fibers change, the salvage change, and of course, I didn't have a very good mastery of even tension as well um, at that Mm -hmm. time. But that's the thing that if you're switching, if you're telling your students to switch, if they're switching fibers and they have that license, the creative license to do that, your salvage is going to change just because you're switching fiber that you're using. But it sounds Mm -hmm. great. So you throw sticks in there. Do you throw rocks in there ever? You can do whatever. So one time I was uh, teaching at the Sheep and Wool Festival in Minnesota. And as soon as I say, it doesn't have to be yarn. You can express using other things. And then a few people left as soon as I said that. And then, oh, they where just... did they go? And they <laughs> came back with sticks and grass. And one lady said, I remember I had a dried flower in my car. <laughs> and then <laughs> they started weaving with them. And then one lady who didn't leave, she used, she spent $3 in her weaving. So she used dollar bills in it. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So she yeah, put, so yeah. <laughs> if you get stuck, I don't have the right answer. So I might have a maybe idea, but if you can solve your problem, much happier than I tell you what to do. It's just like life. You get stuck. You have to kind of figure it out. Do you find that people leave happier than they came to you? Yes, and even today... One lady who came here for the first time a couple of weekends ago, she brought three friends. And so she was, you know, weaving as a second timer. And after talking about the Saori weaving, so the new people, three of them were weaving. And then this lady for the second time, she said, whoops. And then the rest said, there's no whoops. There's no mistake in this weaving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, they say, oh, I screwed up. Oh, no, no, this is Saori. It's okay. So, yeah, so they actually very relaxed. Some of the people who cannot relax right away is the people who have experience of traditional weaving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're asking them to kind of let go of what they know. They usually struggle for the first half an hour or an hour. Actually, the kids are the best examples for us. They just grab whatever the color. We tend to kind of much, does this kind of match to my warp? We think too much. Right. But kids never do it. They just grab and wind and weave. <laughs> what age kids do you teach when you do? As long as they can reach the pedals. So like four or five. Oh, okay. So you start them pretty young. Yeah. Very young. And sometimes when I'm doing a community event and I take the room and whoever wants to try, I let them try and make community banners. And the other day I was at the county fair demonstrating, and this girl who was three and a half years old, so she wanted to weave. And so she's, I asked her, can you sit on my lap? I will do the pedals, and you do the hands. So we worked together. And oh, so she walked. that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has creative sense. That's what the founder said. It doesn't matter with, you know, whether you have disabilities or not, how old you are or male or female, everybody has creative sense until you die. When you are at the Michigan Fiber Festival, do you teach children as well, or is that mostly for adults? Well, actually, not many children sign up. Yes, I am so welcome. So this is for everybody, yes. And then I mentioned people with disabilities. These Saori rooms has all the accessories for people with, you know, any disabilities. 
I work with this girl who has severe disability. She cannot even pick up shadow. She cannot switch pedals. She has double vision. She can only do beta bar. But we have a little tray that she can slide the shadow. Oh, wow. So I help her arm move, and she can so just push the shadow to the other side. And then she, when she pulls the beta bar, one of the harness heroes have weight. Okay. So as soon as she did the beta bar towards her, the harness just moves instead okay. of using her feet. Oh, how nice. Wow. Yeah, so, she, so they have all the attachment for people. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What a fantastic thing. Yes. And I work at a day service for people with disabilities here in Minnesota. I work with six ladies. And one of them, had, she cannot pick, I think her left hand, she cannot pick up shadow. So the first couple of times, I didn't notice it. So she needed help. I have to bring this tray for her. As soon as I attached the tray for her loom, she started weaving and then she noticed that she doesn't need help. And she smiled and said, can I take this loom home? I can weave this myself at home. Because she always needs help. Right. Everywhere. You know, anytime. Every, all the time. So now she's very independent when she weaves. That's such a wonderful gift. They are just so used to be said, don't do that or no. Or oh, do yeah. This, There's do so, that, many, so right? many limitations that yes. society will put on people that have disabilities. Yes. And uh, what a wonderful thing that you were able to help enable her. It's very rewarding for me, too. It's just, uh, you know, makes my day every time I go there. And, you know, even other ladies say, you know, I like doing this. And, uh, you know, the stuff was like the first time she was saying, no, 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 you are screwing up. So it's very important everywhere you go, you have to tell the adults or supervisors not to tell them what to do or don't. Right, right. That's very important. Otherwise, they cannot have fun. So it seems like you have the best job ever. Uh. <laughs> it's very, very, very rewarding. And, then, you know, like they are going to have an exhibit in October. So I'm just so excited. And, they, and then we applied another grant to buy more looms and to have more people to try this project, the weaving project. You have a, your own weaving studio then? I have a home studio, but I do off-site. I go to senior citizen apartment and this day services, they only have, they got one loom from the grant. Okay. So I bring two looms. So we have three looms whenever I go there. I see. But okay. in the future, I don't need to be there. They just keep doing this weaving project. I see. Their, yeah, employee. Yeah. So you're trying to just set it up so they can be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great too. And then in yeah. your home studio, people can come and take lessons. Is that how that works? Yes. Uh, I do other things, so I'm not always home. So I usually people make an appointment. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're staying very busy, traveling all over, teaching. Traveling all over, yes. Um, but it's fun to be, you know, to see other places and meet other people. Like sometimes I say, when I came to this country 10 and a half years ago, my yarn was very short, maybe an inch. And now I have big cones of, you know, cone of yarn. <laughs> Are you weaving with yarn? Is small as an inch? No, no, I mean that expression. Like, oh, I it's know, an expression? I okay, okay. I was, <laughs> was going to say, oh my, <laughs> it's quite a feat. Yeah, so now um, I have all this connection, like people enjoy it, they, then pe- they bring people. Yes, okay, I missed the metaphor there. I was taking that a little too literally here. 
When you trained for your certification and you had to attend the class every day, mm-hmm. now how much of that was weaving? I mean, were you weaving every day or did you guys talk about the kind of the philosophy behind it or what what was the, the training you know, method? I think, you know, there are many uh, Saori instructors here in this country too now. Uh, I think each instructor has their own stories to share. Uh, I think that's the most important thing about this Saori weaving, not just techniques or how well you weave or, you know, how beautiful you weave. It doesn't matter so much. The other maybe Saori instructors say totally different thing, but I believe that's what I learned is how interesting to create things, not just weaving. I learned from Saori weaving, I started creating things. I never didn't like it, not just sewing, but creating things. Mm-hmm. So I do felting, I do other things. So when I break something, I try to fix it. Because especially something I made, it's time consuming. Right. I don't want to throw it away right away. I try not. to fix it. So other things, so even something like maybe a little lamp has a problem, I try to fix it. That's you know something I learned. Or cooking, you are following a recipe, but I think, oh, if I put some like cinnamon in it, and I'll try it. So I tell people, if you want to try, just try it. Don't give up. For example, if you, so I say you can do anything you want when, while you're weaving. So even you don't even need to switch petals every time. So if you think, what if I don't switch petals? Then just do it. <laughs> Instead of regretting later, I right. tried it. Right. So that's what I learned, and then being positive, like, oh well, you know. And so, what do you do with all your the weaving that, that you, your weavings? Do you make them into garments, or do you have Usually them as well? Garment, hang- garment is easier for me rather than making like coin purses. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So I try to. Even though I'm busy, I want to create. So I give myself pressure. So at least once a year or one and a half year, I try to exhibit. Okay. So this October or November, there's a Hennepin County Medical Center. They have a healing arts program. So I have exhibits there this fall. Are you creating one piece for that or several? No, I have three glass cases. So I'm thinking about one big piece. It fits in a, in a case. Okay. Because it's a fall, winter, so kind of fall, winter color or theme. Okay. Yeah, something new. And so will this be a wall hanging or will this be a garment or have you decided? Maybe something. Um, I have. I have no idea yet. But I know one is going to be wall hanging. And so do you have a lot of weaving in your house on display? Do you live with a lot of this weaving or do you sell it or what do you do? Some of my work is at the textile center at the gift shop. Okay. And then usually the Weavers Guild have fiber fair once a year. That's mm-hmm. a big thing for me too. So I don't need to just, I can only, no, no, I can submit not just weaving, but also I also do the dyeing class. That's Bengala dye, which also I'm teaching for the first time. Yeah, and what is it, what kind of dye, what is that called again? The the kind Bengala. Of... It's a soil. Bengala. So you're it's with soil. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yes, it's also um, it's from Japan, but it's not a Japanese. Well, it's, it's not you know you can do soil dye anywhere, but I learned this technique, like a Japanese old dyeing technique. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get a grant from the textile center two years ago. So that's how I went to learn more about it. So you went to Japan to learn more about it? 
Yeah, I two years ago I was in Japan, and my Saori friend told me about this dye, so I took a workshop, and then I got hooked. It was freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is fun. So I came back. I remember that, oh, the textile has center has grant. So I applied, and then I was fortunate enough to get this grant. So I went back uh, last year in January, and I stayed with my mentor for a week. I see, to learn more about it. Yes. And then I came back, and then last month, actually, I was in Japan, and then I took another three or four days with my mentor for the new techniques. You're using essentially like dirt to, dirt. to, to, uh, to dye. And how much, mm-hmm. of a, how much of a color spectrum do you get using dirt? The company makes 23 colors. Wow. But they limit to U.S. I'm one of the distributors, so I take 12 colors for the class. So this is my first time teaching in Michigan, so I'm very excited, and it's already fall. Do you sell the looms as well? Or how yes, does that I work? am also a distributor, yes. Okay, and so are mm-hmm. you going to be selling those at FiberFast? Because your... I'm only there for teaching, so I don't think I am allowed to. Oh. So I can, you know, I can get the order, and I can ship it, to, but I cannot sell there. Looms can range in all prices, but how yes, much is a loom? The one I have, I you know usually take to off-site classes, affordable. Uh, this one is, I think, about uh, it's about seventeen hundred dollars. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. so that's so people are making it. That's an investment. And then are there bigger looms or? Well, there's no bigger room. It's only twenty-four inches wide. Okay, so but that's there the are standard. some are not foldable. And other was foldable and more wood. It's a new one. It just they came out like last year, all wood. The one I have is not not all wood, but okay. still foldable. Yeah. Okay. So there are a few models, and it's about you know, six, like sixteen hundred dollars up to twenty. And you can even make it to four harness. It goes to about sixteen hundred to what is the, the if you want to buy like four harness, you know, probably I would say. 2100 to 2200. Those ship from you or do you, um, they ship right from Japan? I usually ship from Japan directly to you. Okay. Usually, when I don't, usually I don't have any stock. I see. Well, that would be expensive to keep those around. Yeah. Especially in the wintertime, and you know, it's too cold to put, keep in a garage. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that. Well, plus, you probably would run out of space, too, because that's those are big. Yes. Why is it 24 inches? Is it just because it's really manageable to, to I reach? I think so. It's probably easier for people with, you know, any like kids or people with disabilities. Okay. And in, you know, Japan is a small country. We need space. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. They don't want to have I, these big Anybody would ask why 24 inches, but I think so. <laughs> Does it matter if it's not 24? Matter. Okay. I didn't think yeah. it would matter. Um. <laughs> yeah. So even though like some people say, I like make the garment and 24 inches is not big enough for me. Right, right. So even though, you know, it's more fun to weave now and put it together. It's much more, you know, interesting garment. Oh, I see. Okay. One piece. So that's the whole um, idea is that you would put a bunch of some pieces Some people don't together. like the idea, but, you know, some people who kind of are big, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right, I, right. You know, because right, it's no. you. You know, sometimes I get this comment like, because it's you. Right, <laughs> because right. Because I'm so small. So, right. yeah, but it's you know, 
So they have to just weave long and put it together. Sounds like you just say, do the technique. You don't have to have the loom to get started in this. Not so good a businessman. <laughs> right, so you're not um, pushing looms the whole time. No, yourself. not at yeah. all. Not yeah. at all. Um, yeah. But I, you know, some people ask, usually at least one or two people ask me, how much is this kind of loom? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I like teaching more. I want people to, if it's possible, come back and weave more with us rather than weaving at home by yourself. Right. We inspire each other. Many Japanese, like flower arrangement, tea ceremony creates pyramid. You know, I'm the master, and you've been doing this for 10 years. You just started today. They create triangle. But this founder said, because one of the slogans is, we learn together as a group. Mm-hmm. So if you create this triangle pyramid, you cannot learn together as a group. So even she said, don't call me teacher. As, you know, as soon as you said teacher, you are creating a pyramid. Oh, I see. So she We're wa- always she- in the same line. So we she learned- wanted it to be as equals. You approach yes. it. Interesting. Yes. That's really yes. interesting. So that's why I want people to come back and weave with me, just two of us. We still can learn together as a group and then inspire each other. If someone wants to try something at home to kind of just get a little taste of it, what would you advise them to do? Just follow your heart. Explore. Joy of exploration. If you think one thing, try it. And no mistakes. Mistakes can be patterned. And when you weave, do you pick colors ahead of time or do you kind of have a random basket of yarn next <laughs> to you? You know, I've seen people wind many colors at the beginning, prepare, and some people go one at a time. I am like one at a time because I'm, our feeling changes every single maybe minute. Oh, yeah. Second. yeah. So I just finished about 13, 14 yards long two days ago. It took me four to five months. And this will be, this is a collaboration piece. I'm going to send this to piece to um, a lady who just graduated from University of Minnesota. Her major was fashion design. So she's going to design whatever she wants. With that piece? Yes. And so it took me four to five months. And so I kept all the yarn I started weaving. But day by day, my feeling changes. So I added one color or I just stay with like very bright color one day. And then in two days, I'm using very like dark color, like gray or black. So when I finished it, I open it and I just, you know, we assure that our feeling changes. Mm-hmm. Because all, you know, different color all over. But still, the warp is the same all throughout. Okay. So just, I just, you know, I know it's our feeling changes. And I just looking at this piece, you know, made sure again that, yes, we, our feeling changes every day. I mean, every single moment. So that's what it shows. So for her, it might be hard to design, but, <laughs> but it's okay. I enjoyed weaving. Do you teach people so they can get certified in this method as well? Because I am certified, I can train people. For example, you take lessons with me. As long as you have one Saori room, you can open a Saori studio. Okay. So they might change the system, but for now, I can train people. And then now you have a registered studio. And then just the important thing is keep journals. We are weaving journal. How you change from you started it. As long as you're weaving, even like an inch a day, you are learning something new. How many students have you trained? Not many people, though. Many people come and just enjoy. We just had um, Saori North America Conference in Georgia. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't go, but uh, my student who was in Minnesota moved to Georgia, so she hosted. Yeah, so she's a teacher, and I have another teacher. She, also, she moved to Florida. And I think so far I have only two, but many people came to just enjoy, and some people uh, just be as a creator not, rather than teach, teacher. Right, yeah, for a lot yeah. of people that's satisfying. They just, they mm-hmm. just want to you know, enjoy and do this for themselves. So I think what you're doing is fantastic to empower people to kind of get back in touch with who they are as, as creative people and, or maybe tap into it for the first time, you know? So that's Mm -hmm. really wonderful. You're saving money for people that they don't have to go to their therapist as often. They can just weave. (laughs) It's true. It's very, I get all the people comments like, this is so therapeutic. This is so Mm -hmm. healing. This is so relaxing. And yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when I heard that, you know, I just, oh, good. <laughs> they are doing good. A special thanks to Chiaki for joining me on this episode of the podcast and just sharing her wonderful creative spirit with us. I loved hearing her story. Like I said, I was so inspired. I started immediately weaving. That's an impactful person. <laughs> they can get you to just drop everything and go do something that you love to do. And I had a lot of fun. So I've been uh, working on a story project. I add a little bit every day. I am having a blast with it. So it's um, such a liberating and fun, relaxing thing to be able to do a form of weaving that is totally whatever you want to make it. I, I love that. I love the whole concept of it because there are so many things in life, as you know, that require rule following and hoop jumping and all kinds of silly stuff. And it's really nice to just be, you know, I'm going to weave whatever I want. And (laughs) no one's going to do anything about it. I've been weaving things I'm finding as I'm doing this major reorganization, cleaning out project in my house. So I have little bits and bobs of yarn and scraps from sewing. You know, as I'm cleaning things out, I'm like, oh, I can wad this up and weave with it. And I've been doing that. And it's really hilarious because it it like cleans things up. It looks actually kind of cool when you push it down into the weaving. Yeah. So I'm like having all kinds of fun. I'm like, oh, there's stuff everywhere I could weave. Yeah, that does slow down the cleaning process a little bit when you start to like weave everything that you would have thrown out into a a weaving. So anyway, it's all in good fun. I hope this inspires you and leads you to explore some weaving. For those of you who are Michigan residents, I'm going to remind you about, and and I know it's, it's almost kind of comical because I don't really need to remind people in Michigan about fiber lovers in Michigan, people who love art and craft, usually know there's a migration on the Michigan highways toward Allegan, the Allegan County Fairgrounds, every August. And the Fiber Festival is, the workshops are going the 13th through the 17th. And there's still some openings. You might be able to slide into some. Chiaki's workshop is closed. It's full. Uh, It's been full for a while now. There are some other openings. See what you can do about sliding into something if you want to. Those are going on. And then August 16th and 17th are the dates of the Fiber Fest where you can go and shop and see all kinds of other things. So Saturday, the hours are 9 to 5. And on Sunday, the hours are 10 to 4. And those are the big days. On Friday, they also are going to have shopping from 10 to 5. But anyway, I hope you do enjoy Fiberfest. those of you who go and those of you who are in Chiaki's workshop. I think you're some of the luckiest people on the planet. 
There'll be other opportunities, I'm sure. And I would like to maybe take the class next year. So we'll see. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. And I have an even bigger thanks this week because I'm always thankful that people tune in and listen to the conversations I have with some very, very inspiring people. Last episode, I asked for people to support my Patreon little campaign. As I explained, Patreon is this platform where podcasters and people who create things that they release on the internet can get support from the people who enjoy their programming and the things they produce. I was really reluctant to do this because it's a really weird thing to ask people for money. Last week, I asked that anyone who feels compelled and likes the show and wants to support it to head over to my Patreon page and kick in a dollar a month. I had people step up right away and say, hey, yeah, I want to support this podcast. And I just want to thank Amy, Melissa, Heather, Tyla, Karen, Kathleen, and Sarah for being the first. Like I said, I'm starting small, but I'm really trying to build something that is less than the cost of a cup of coffee for people. But that adds up. I really want to take it to the next level. I can't do that myself, but you guys can help me. And I'm so glad. Like I said, high five ladies that helped me out with this uh, initially. I really do appreciate it. If you would like to join this awesome uh, group of people, I have a link on my website where you can check out the Patreon page, kick in a quarter, whatever, whatever you feel compelled to do. I'm going to have a little crazy week. I'm scheduled to record a podcast on Wednesday, the day after my surgery with an awesome printmaker. Uh, a guy who I met through Instagram. We've had to reschedule a couple times due to some scheduling conflicts. And I was hoping to get this recorded before my surgery, but it's going to be after now. I'm going to will myself to be better and to record this podcast. I have something recorded already for next week, so don't worry. I really do love this. And thank you again to all of you for tuning in and supporting this. I really appreciate it. If you have an idea, the address is jennifer at craftsanity.com. If you want to contact me to tell me anything else, I'm interested in hearing from my listeners. I love to find out what you're making and what you're working on. Okay, I better get back to work. And <laughs> I have a column deadline looming in the, in the not so distant future now. So I got to get to work. You folks have a great week. Those going to Fiberfest travel safe, buy tons of yarn and take it home and roll in it. <laughs> uh, and... I will be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Mm-hmm.